Welcome in, welcome in. It is the Chiefs Zone Podcast. I am Farzine Basugian here with you as Chiefs football is coming back. Yes, the Chiefs are back in action this Sunday against the Houston Texans. We will obviously be previewing that game against the Texans. Uh, kind of an interesting uh, commonality already going into this game compared to the last game between the Chiefs and Texans. I'll tell you what that is. Also, what the betting line is at a bit of a surprise on that one and of course break down the texans offense defense and special teams we will also recap wild card weekend a very exciting weekend of football and we'll also give our predictions for the other three divisional round games plus i pissed off a bunch of raiders fans on twitter and we will talk about that joyous occasion on this episode as well i'm farzi Vasugian, zach segna and dj evans joining me as well you can follow us on Twitter at Farzine21, at ZStenga, at ChiefsFanshy. I'm on Facebook, facebook.com slash Vasugian. Give that page a like and follow me on there. Subscribe to the podcast and text in 913-808-2119. We will read a couple of your texts later on in the podcast and also an announcement regarding the future of this podcast. Probably not one you guys are going to like too much, but it is what it is, and I'll get to that at the end of the podcast as well nonetheless though we got a lot to get into and joining me for this episode zach and dj gentlemen how are you guys doing on this divisional round week for kansas city i mean let's be real far as we just had a bye week and we got to watch you know a pretty uh pretty entertaining game to say the least uh to determine who our opponent was gonna be so i sure can't complain yeah, happy new year, everybody! Like, uh, it was obviously getting that bye week was a late Christmas gift, and uh, just excited to go to Kansas City uh, in a few days and watch the Chiefs beat the Texans and get a little uh, revenge. I don't know if you guys uh, heard this, but according to the State Medical Board of Ohio, somebody submitted a petition. This is not fake news. This is not you know made up this is real this is too Somebody, stupid to make up uh, it, it feels like it someone submitted a petition to add quote Bengals slash browns fans end quote as a qualifying condition under the ohio medical marijuana control program <laughs> i mean let's be real when you think of you know long-suffering fan bases in the nfl I mean, the state of Ohio does seem to be, you know, kind of unfairly cursed with two of the uh, more hapless franchises that the league has ever seen. I mean, Detroit would say, hold my beer, too, right? Yeah, but, but that's see, just Detroit... one hapless team. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I can't remember. Was there ever a time where the Chiefs and the St. Louis Rams were bad at the same time? Like, really, really terrible? I don't know if I can recall that. Uh, probably during uh, the I mean, Todd Haley years. Yeah, maybe. I, I, I kind of forgot about the No, you are right. I do recall the Rams and Chiefs both being in the top five. Uh, but both of these teams have been bad for a long time, the Bengals and the Browns. I almost did suggest something similar uh, in 2012 for the Chiefs, but thankfully they turned it around right after that. Uh, by the way, I, I don't know if you guys listen to, I, I don't know who this guy is, Blefko of Bleacher Report. He has like a podcast or a radio show on there. Yeah, yeah. And I guess... I guess he's close to some of the Chiefs players. Apparently, he knows them. Uh, and he has kind of spilled the beans saying that the Chiefs are still really upset about last year 
with the way their season ended in the AFC Championship game. Uh, the, you know, the uh, uh, I was about to say false start, the offsides from D Ford, the Phantom roughing the passer on Chris Jones. They were really upset about that. The way how that all just unfolded in that AFC title game. And apparently, they feel like they would have, quote, smoked the Rams. Look, I love this team, and I probably would have predicted, you know, a revenge victory Super Bowl if the Chiefs did play the Rams. But let's be clear about one thing. There was a reason why we were all crying for a change at defensive coordinator. Um, Maybe the Chiefs would have still won that game. But the Chiefs were not going to smoke anybody, especially the Rams when they scored 50 and lost, and that was with Kareem Hunt. Now, sure, a regular season game and a playoff game, two completely different games, but the Chiefs were not going to smoke anybody last year. Did you guys hear about this? Yeah, I heard that. Though, to be honest, I don't know that it's that outlandish to suggest, simply because, I mean, we all saw that Super Bowl. That's the worst Super Bowl that I honestly can remember. Uh, Now, to be fair, I don't have that great memories of, like, when it was the Buccaneers and Raiders, where it was, you know, Brad Johnson versus Rich Gannon. So maybe that would have been more of a snoozer. But, I mean, as far as recent memory is concerned, this was certainly one of the most boring Super Bowls we've seen. And I think a big part of that was, you know, Todd Gurley wasn't in, you know, peak Todd Gurley form the way he was in the, uh, you know, shootout down in Mexico that we had with the Rams last year. So... That was actually I don't think in it's LA. Totally ridiculous to say. Oh, that's right. Yeah, it was supposed to be in Mexico, no. and yeah. then it was in LA. Good point. Forgot about that. Well, let me just say this because New England's defense is actually good, whereas Kansas City's last year's is not good at all. Uh, Kansas City fired their defensive coordinator. The Patriots lost theirs to uh, a head coach, uh, head coaching gig in Miami. DJ. Yeah, and he he did a really good job. I think they won five games. And they he allowed us um, to get a bye week, which was not expected. So, yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and it's kind of a weird thing. Uh, Belichick's um, proteges typically do pretty well against him. You know, whether it be Rex Ryan, Brian Flores. Um, I'm not. I'm not exactly sure how Josh McDaniels did against Belichick if they did play. I'm, I don't think I'm they ever sure. played. But, and then, of uh, course, you got Vrabel. Vrabel, of course. Yeah. Huge game. But in any um, event, I mean, do you, do you think, though, that the Chiefs would have, quote-unquote, smoked the Rams in last year's Super Bowl? I don't know if I would say that. And I, it was weird. So we were in different places. When we played that Monday Night Football game in uh, L.A., um, the teams were different. Like you said, there was no cream hunt after that. Um, the Rams often seemed to have kind of just gone downhill after that so i'm not i'm not sure exactly how that would have played out but like you were kind of saying zach i think it would have been a more entertaining game because that super bowl the the only one i can remember that was as boring as that was the broncos uh panthers one which was also badly quarterbacked yeah and, and i know a lot of times i mean low scoring games especially in a big moment like that yeah they're boring but a high-scoring game. I mean, come on. People are going to complain about bad defenses. Like, what? You want the game to be, you know, 9-6? to six? I, I believe there was, like, an LSU and Alabama game like yeah. that several years ago. And they met up in the championship again. And people were complaining about a potential low-scoring game. Wouldn't be saying that if it was a high-scoring game. Um, 
but you can't please everyone. This is the last piece of news I wanted to touch on before we get on with Wildcard Weekend and recap that. So, Chiefs offensive coordinator Eric Bieniemy might be coming back, which is, of course, good for Chiefs fans, but at the same time, you do kind of want him to, you know, spread his wings and, and, you know, expand his horizons and all. A lot of people are actually upset, especially former Chiefs players. I saw Charkandrick West say a few things. I saw Jeff Allen uh, say a couple of things on Twitter about why Eric Bieniemy is not getting a head coaching offer, and a lot of people are wondering if it's because he's black, and a lot of people are wondering, what does that have to do with anything? Well, we, we discussed this on the podcast a couple of years ago when Dan Rooney, former owner of the Pittsburgh Steelers, passed away in April of 2017. One of the things that Dan Rooney is known for, or the impact he's made in the NFL, he created what is the Rooney Rule, uh, which essentially means if you do have a head coaching vacancy, I don't know if, if this same rule applies for assistant coaches. I don't think it does. It I does could be not. wrong. Don't. It, okay, it does not. Uh, but for head coaches, you do have to interview a minority uh, before selecting who you want to offer the job to. So, for example, when the Chiefs were, after they fired Romeo Cornell, they obviously hired Andy Reid, but they had to interview some a minority. So it could have been Lovey Smith at the time. I don't know what minority candidates were available at the time, but you get the idea. You have to interview a minority candidate. And people are starting to wonder, is Eric Bieniemy just being used to fulfill the Rooney rule? Uh, just to be the guy that they interview to fulfill that? Because it does kind of feel like an obligatory thing when you're not even really interested in him. You're just doing it to fuf- to not break the rules, to to follow the rules. And here's Eric Bieniemy still getting passed up on. And a lot of people feel like he should be a coach, especially when you. And I look nothing against special teams coordinators; they can be good. Dave Tobe has gotten some interest over the years. Uh, obviously, John Harbaugh was a special teams coordinator, but Joe Judge from the Patriots. I mean, with all the issues you had at kicker, you got a head coaching job and not Eric Bieniemy. Yeah, I think uh, I can understand why people are questioning that. I agree with you on that part, specifically the addition of you know, Joe Judge there. I don't think that this would be as prevalent of a discussion if it weren't for the fact that Joe Judge was one of the hires. Because if you look at the other hires that have been made, and to be fair, you know, Biennemi could still be hired by the Browns. That's the last vacancy out there, though it certainly seems that that will be going to Josh McDaniels. That seems to be the uh, you know overwhelming favorite at the moment, though we'll see what happens there. Uh, you know, if you look at the four that have been filled so far, you know, you can't convince me that you know Ron Rivera is a you know isn't a better hire than Eric Bieniemy. He's an established head coach. Has been to a Super Bowl. Uh, you know, Mike McCarthy, same way. He's won a Super Bowl. Uh, you know that the Cowboys hired, and then you have Matt Rule, who has been uh, you know orchestrated a great turnaround down at Baylor. You know, especially as they were coming off of uh, the whole Art Briles scandal. And uh, you know, so I mean. I, I can understand hiring any of those guys over Bienemy, but once you add in Judge, that's the head scratcher, and that's the one that makes people wonder, like, hmm, is it really, you know, like how how much of this is because he happens to be black? Uh, you know, is he getting passed over as a result? I mean, I'll be honest, you know, I was uh, talking with one of my uh, you know friends out here who happens to be a Cowboys fan. And you know, when I saw that uh, Marvin Lewis was going down to get interviewed, it's like, well, all right, let's be real. There's no chance that the Cowboys are going to hire a black man to be their head coach. They're just not. 
Um, and maybe I'll get some smoke for that. But, I mean, let's be honest. It's Jerry Jones. Come on now. Um, yeah. And I just think that you know, with all of the issues that we've had off the field, um, you know, uh, if you look at all the major leagues, especially, I guess, you know, the NHL's actually had some issues with this recently, but that's the least major of the major leagues, so we won't talk about it. Um, but certainly the NHL or the NFL, I mean, has had the most issues uh, when it comes to race relations. You know, the whole Kaepernick thing especially brought that to a head. And then you look at, you know, the proportion of head coaches that are minorities at the moment it's gone down quite significantly. And part of that's due to the fact that Marvin Lewis was, you know, finally let go after what was it like 15 years in Cincinnati. Um, but I think that there's some valid concerns here. And I think that, uh, you know, possibly a reform of the Rooney rule might, might be in order, but it's certainly a benefit for chiefs fans to keep the enemy for another year. Yeah. I mean, and I don't know how you reform the rule. I mean, you know, you're, yeah, that's the hard part. You're man, you're mandating that, you know, minorities which i think is it's a good rule that minorities get interviews but you can't force them to hire somebody and there's no penalty for you i don't, I don't know how they would be able to even force that um you know for Bienemy, i last year i thought he was going to get a job and that actually was more shocking to me than this year because this year you could look at it and say well you know there were injuries we're not exactly sure uh, the offense has struggled. The defense has actually been carrying the op- offense at times. Um, last year, record setting. Like, how did he not get a job when yeah, Matt Nagy and got Matt a job? Lafleur and Zach and Taylor. Matt did. Nagy got a job with Alex Smith as quarterback, and they got bounced. And Andy Reid said, "Hey, Matt Nagy's calling the plays." So I look at that and say, "Wow, Bienemy should have been." He should be already head coach. He should be coaching right now, um, and he's not. So I don't know. I, you know, Matt Rule. I, I had heard his name. I don't know a lot about him. He's obviously a college coach. By um, all accounts, he's the real deal. What's that? By all accounts, Rule is absolutely the real. deal. And maybe deal. he is. He, he but... turned around Baylor, and he's been. You know, I think he t- was uh, an NFL assistant prior to doing that, if my memory serves. But sure, his has been a name that's been brought up routinely in the last few years. But so was Nick Saban, and you know Nick Saban didn't do very well as a head coach in the NFL. He was a good coordinator in the NFL. I think he was uh, Belichick's coordinator when he was at the Browns, and you know Dolphins did not work out. Obviously, doing pretty well at Alabama. So I think eventually Bieniemy is going to have a head coaching job, but. You know, for some reason, he's just not getting the the looks. And I, I actually hope he doesn't go to Cleveland because I think that is a cluster. I, I That job, because of the owner, the ownership there, it's it's it, it reminds me of the Bulls, White Sox with Jerry Reinsdorf. Ownership really does matter. You know, sometimes you luck, in, luck into Michael Jordan. Uh, sometimes you are... Uh, Haslam and you, you know, hire Dorsey, and all of a sudden you have Baker Mayfield, you have OBJ, you have Jarvis Landry, you have a bunch of guys that are not going to be a good locker room. And enemy in my opinion, is going to be good to like try to like get guys together, but I just don't know that it's going to be a good mix or a good spot for him to to have to deal with that. 
Yeah, it, it is kind of a weird situation. I mean, look, Dave Tobe, for years we have heard that he has drawn a lot of interest from other teams, and he has not been picked up. He's obviously not, you know, uh, part of this whole Rooney rule type of thing. So I, I, I'm not exactly sure if, uh, you know, why teams are passing up on Dave Tobe and hiring other coaches. Because, like I said, special teams coordinators have uh, received head coaching jobs before. Um, you know, maybe there really is a reason why teams are passing up on Biennemi. Which seems hard to do, given what he's doing with the offense. And, you know, I don't want to go too detailed into this, but I can understand someone saying, hey, look, it's easy to have success when Patrick Mahomes and Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey are your players. But look, I mean, what are you supposed to do? When you have those players, you're supposed to take advantage of that as a coach. So, um, in any event, uh, Zach, you mentioned there might need to be Something to, to look at with that rule. You know, does it feel like it's a forced rule for these teams? Yeah, m- m- maybe it does. So we'll see if... Um, and I'll say this too. Part of it may be that these teams want to just get going. They don't want to wait until the enemy season is over, which could be for a couple of more weeks. Could be this weekend. Hopefully not. Um, it could be a while. I believe that's so. a big factor too. Like, I don't yeah. mean, you know make this do sound like, know, like the, the, they... the race thing is the only reason why. Like, I think that's a much bigger factor. I mean, but uh, DJ, two years ago, here, here's they... the thing. I'm sorry, go ahead. No, no, I was just going to say, because, look, Josh McDaniels, he was supposed to be the Colts head coach a few years ago, that's and then he say. backed out. I, I, I don't know, like, how much that impacted the whole assistant coach thing in uh, in Indianapolis. I don't think it did too much. But, you know, I mean, those are the kinds of things where you just want someone that's ready now. Like, Eric Bieniemy, you know, as far as, like, rules go, he is not ready right this second. I think that could be part of it. I mean, it's possible, but on the other hand, I mean, a lot of the times they have, like, these handshake deals where, like, we know you're going to be the head coach. (laughs) But we're going to let you, obviously, coach until the Super Bowl is over if you get that far, you know, Josh McDaniels was like he was the exception that destroyed the rule like that and I would never hire that guy. I would I wouldn't even interview him after what he did in Indianapolis. Hold on. Zach, never. help me out on this one. I don't know if this is true or not. I've heard this from some people, but when KU fired I want to say it was Mark Mangino uh I think they had verbally agreed to bring in Jim Harbaugh, who went to coach the 49ers, uh, and he yes. he went up against his own brother. So if I'm not if I'm not mistaken, they verbally agreed that he would be the head coach of KU, but the athletic but they didn't want to let time, him coach the bowl game. Yes, that see that's the thing, and it's like why? Because <laughs> Lou Perkins is a fucking moron. That's why. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Plus, Sorry, you're gonna so, have to use your bleep button on that. No, no, bad. you didn't. You didn't. You didn't say it. that's okay. Didn't, but didn't the um, Chiefs? Didn't the Chiefs uh, also have a problem with one of their coordinators this year? Yeah, Charlie Weiss. Yeah. See, no, that's no, no, no. Like too. this, this past season, this past off season, I think we had a guy oh. that we want to bring in from uh, Kentucky, right? Oh, that was that Matt may have House. been, but no. we did bring him and in. And Matt House actually came in, but there was a there was a fight over that too. Like there were well, no, like to the season it. was already the, the, no. You you actually do raise a good point, but the season was already over, and I don't know what the issue was. I guess Kentucky really wanted him, but I guess he also really wanted to go to the NFL. Um, but they figured that out. The, the the Jim Harbaugh thing that is like an in season. Like the 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 football season is still happening. And KU was, well, Lou Perkins specifically, was 
you know, being really strict about what he could and couldn't do, which was silly, because you got Turner freaking Gill instead. Um, which, to be but fair, I like don't... the recruiting part, you know, it, it would have been beneficial to, you know, have had someone in sooner just for the sake of recruiting. But by the same token, you know, the, the advantage there is far outweighed by the differential between someone of Harbaugh's caliber and someone of Gill's caliber. Like, yeah, that's still like will go down as one of the most boneheaded decisions I have ever heard. Yeah, I mean, it, and we're it, still it happens, paying I for guess. it realistically. Yeah, well, no, we definitely are. So that that could be part of the reason why, uh, you know, some teams are are wanting to just move on because they see, okay, well, the enemy's too busy still with the team. We want to get going. That could be part of it. Uh, let us know your thoughts on all of that. Uh, real quick, weekend of Wild Card Weekend. Uh, four really good games. All of them were one possession games. Now, not all of them were exciting. The Seahawks and Eagles game wasn't really, uh, exciting to watch, but they all came down to the wire. All were one possession games. The Bills Texans in overtime. Of course, that's one we'll kind of uh, revert to a little bit when we preview the game. Texans were down 16, nothing, and they rallied back. Now, Josh Allen looked like a fully developed quarterback for the first, what, two and a half quarters. So and then it was kind of interesting. Distinctly not that afterwards. <laughs> no, uh, exactly that. Uh, kind of a kind of an interesting turn of events. Obviously, one of those tale of two halves type of thing. The Titans and Patriots. That is the one that's making the most headlines. Given you know Mike Vrabel, he's two and zero against Belichick, and he also out Belichick to Belichick, which was an epic moment in the game. Oh, and Derek and I Henry loved was how beast. mad Belichick got about the fact that Ev- you know, Vrabel used the same. Uh, you know, loophole Hypocr- technique. Yeah, hypocritical a little bit because of what happened against the Giants. Yeah, that yeah. was a little bit. That was that, that <laughs> was pretty laughable. funny. Everyone, everyone enjoyed that. He uh, was this bad. One might he have was been, so mad. <laughs> this one might have been the best game out of the four, but the Viking Saints, where you honestly had no idea how this one was going to go. The Saints lose in overtime again, uh, which I will not really go into that too much. Uh, I love what Dalvin Cook did. In this football game, Kirk Cousins, look, I'll just say this, man. He has some really bad moments, and then he has some incredible moments, such as that 40-yard pass to Adam Thielen uh, to go at the the two-yard line. the best pass of his career, and it's not even close. Yeah, but look, the Saints hurt themselves in this one. A fumble, an interception, a missed field goal, uh, and fans are wanting to blame the referees again, but go figure. (laughs) And then the last one, Seahawks-Eagles. I mean, you got to feel bad for... Uh, Josh McCown a little bit. I know he was hard on himself because look, it's a playoff game. You were nine and seven, and you got in, and you want to do everything you can to save this season, essentially. Uh, but it just wasn't in the cards. Carson Wentz. I mean, look, Carson Wentz is an incredible player, but this guy has a lot of bad luck staying healthy at the end of the season. And at the end of the day, man, uh, you don't have Nick Foles this time, so he's he's not there to help you this time. But uh, Seahawks pulled through, and overall, just four really good games. Uh, last year, if you guys remember, all uh, th- the first three were boring as hell. The last one between the Eagles and Bears, that one was epic because of the whole Cody Parkey thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, this time, you got four really good games. Uh, four really good games all came down to the wire. And frankly, the one that you know I was paying, I guess, the most attention to was, of course, the Bills Texans game. Um, but I was blown away. Like you know, you mentioned it as kind of a tale of two halves. Realistically, I think it was like you know, with about eight minutes left in the third or something like that, 
when Deshaun Watson had his ridiculous 20-yard touchdown run. And, I mean, I can't remember the last time I saw a football game where one play truly changed the trajectory of the game like that. Uh, you know, it was like, yeah, I mean, that's, that's just a textbook example of, you know, the sort of player who's really got that kind of X-factor quality to him. Uh, in the way that that touchdown not only, of course, you know, was useful on the scoreboard, but then you know you have the two-point conversion behind it, both of which Watson you know got the hard way. Uh, but the lift that you could just see that give the Texans, it was like you know he totally breathed new life into that team. Yeah, I mean, so I, the for me the Saints uh, Vikings game was the most entertaining of the weekend for me. Uh, you know, I. Before the game started, I remember being on Twitter and I said, you know, better watch out for that Vikings defense. And I know they were they were down a couple of defensive backs, but I they have a front four that got pressure and they were getting pressure on Breeze. And Breeze really he he's not really throwing downfield. And when he did, I think you mentioned uh, far as I think that's when he threw that interception. So um, when they were actually playing well. They had uh, Taysom Hill in in at quarterback or in in some respect. Yeah. Um, the other game, obviously, Patriots uh, Titans, and wow, what an interesting game that was. Um, you know, it was kind of sad with 15 seconds left, and the Patriots were. I know uh, I'll probably get some, you know, grief for this, but. You know, the Patriots have 15 seconds left, no timeouts. They're on their own, like, five-yard line, maybe even, like, the three-yard line. And oh, Brady yeah. goes back to pass, and he throws into a double coverage. Touchdown! And, and touchdown. And Titans. I was like, what are you doing? Like, what what exactly were you trying to accomplish on that play? I don't know if he just gave up, and he was just like, this is it. I'm leaving. But I couldn't believe what I, – I, I looked at that. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, what is that going to account? Even if you complete that pass, the game's over. So um, that was impressive. And I – oh, how great would it be if the Titans could beat Baltimore next this, – this coming weekend? That'd be so I great. don't really know how much I want that, but I suppose for the sake of having an AFC championship you game, want sure. That. You want it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because um, then we have an AFC championship game again. here, plus we get the revenge tour. Uh, yes. Hopefully that'd be that'd be nice. Were you gonna say something, DJ? No, I I just said that that would be it'd be really nice to have a back to back years where we have the AFC Championship game and maybe this year we can actually win it. Yeah, hopefully. By the way, home teams were one in three during Wild Card Weekend. Hopefully that trend changes. But if the Chiefs are the only team, uh, only home team that wins, sure. Uh, I guess there's no arguing on that one there speaking of that game at arrowhead chiefs texans that'll be 205 kind of an odd time but it is going to be 205 on cbs referee for this game i mentioned there's going to be one commonality to this chiefs texans game compared to the last one it's the referee sean hockley who uh kind of was in the center of controversy a little bit the last time these two teams played because of the interception that mahomes threw they Mm. did if i remember remember the whole sequence correctly they actually did throw the flag and they were about to call defensive pass interference, and then they decided to not call that and picked up the flags. 
And Mahomes was upset. Andy Reid was really upset. And that actually ended up being Mahomes' first interception of the season. So a lot of people uh, quickly thought of that as soon as it was announced that Sean Hockley was going to be the official for this game. Uh, weather for this one, low 40s, high 30s, partly cloudy, somewhere in between the Chiefs. Currently 9.5 point favorites. I've got to say, that's... Uh, a bit hefty on the Kansas City side. The announcers for this game, Jim Nance, Tony Romo, and Tracy Wolfson will be on the field. As far as the injury report goes, the Chiefs did not have any players uh, on the injury report for Monday. But on Wednesday, Travis Kelsey was limited with a knee injury. A lot of people saying that it's nothing to be concerned about. But I suppose it's one of those things that you'll just have to keep in mind when you watch Sunday's game and see if that has any impact on the field. A quick look at the Texans. I don't know what their injury report looks like, but worth noting that they did not have Will Fuller, wide receiver for the Texans, against the Bills. And people thought that would have been an issue for DeAndre Hopkins and that he would have, uh, he would be double teamed a lot more uh, because with Will Fuller, there would be more one on one opportunities. Uh, but still managed to get through one way or another. Uh, Will Fuller is expected to, to play. Bill O'Brien at least said there was a chance of him playing on Sunday. Uh, let's take a quick look at the Texans offense. Tim Kelly, the offensive coordinator, we've gone over this before, given this is the second time they're playing. Uh, they're outside the top 10 in uh, some of the categories. 14th in scoring, 13th in total offense, 15th in passing, but they are 9th in rushing. And when you've got a quarterback like Deshaun Watson who can run the football, uh, it definitely helps. And speaking of Deshaun Watson, he is just outside the top 10 with more than 3,800 passing yards. He's tight eighth with four others, including Patrick Mahomes, with 26 touchdowns, 12 picks. He's been sacked 44 times. That is the sixth most. He led the league last year in the amount of times he was sacked with 62. That was quite a bit. As far as last week, he was 20 of 25 for 247, had a touchdown pass to former Chiefs running back Carlos Hyde, which we'll get into him in a moment. Also ran the ball 14 times for 55 yards and a touchdown. Uh, one touchdown. He, he threw one touchdown and had two picks against Kansas City, but he did also run it twice against Kansas City. Uh, I mentioned Carlos Hyde. He was briefly with the Chiefs uh, during the preseason. He was one of 16 players to get 1,000 rushing yards this year. A lot of people wondering if you know the Chiefs made a mistake cutting him. Eh, maybe, maybe not, but I feel like the Texans' offensive line is a big reason why he's able to succeed so much, so I think that's part of it. But anyway, he's 13th in the league in rushing yards, six touchdowns. Not a very good game from him on the ground against the Bills. Uh, he did have a 100-yard game against Kansas City, uh, one of three 100-yard games. He ran 26 times, 416 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, also lost a fumble very early in that football game that allowed the Chiefs to get off to a 17-3 start. Quick look at the receivers. Got a lot of good pass catchers here if you are Houston. DeAndre Hopkins has 104 catches. That's tied for third most in the NFL. He's 11th in receiving yards. Uh, he's also third in the NFL in first down catches. By the way, Kelsey is fourth in that category. Uh, Will Fuller, as I mentioned, didn't play last week because of a groin injury. He's got 670 yards off 49 catches for three touchdowns. Kenny Stills, former, former Big 12 standout, 55 catches for 561 yards and four touchdowns on the year. And uh, tight end Darren Felds, he is uh, tied first on the team. With seven touchdown grabs. And as far as their offensive lineman goes, a couple of the notable names. Former Chiefs right guard Zach Fulton on here. Chris Clark, the former Denver Bronco on there as well. Going to be interesting to see how he matches up against the Chiefs offensive line. Uh, and then you have uh, left tackle Larry Tunsil. Uh, this offensive line, 
you know, some good, some bad. They're much better at run blocking than they are at pass blocking. So that is something to consider when you look at this Houston Tex- Houston Texans offense, Zach. I, I agree with you on that, though. I think Tunsil is obviously you know, far and away their best pass blocker. Uh, you know, I think he'll be able to handle uh, you know whatever rusher we throw at him. You know, on a one-on-one basis for most of the day. Maybe you'll have to have some running back help here and there. But Tunsil's the real deal. But as for everything else, I, I don't. I, if I'm the Chiefs' defensive front, I'm not really scared of the offensive line across from me. Uh, especially when it comes to passing. I think the real question is going to be, you know, can Watson, you know, actually maneuver out of the pocket and, you know, keep from getting sacked? Because, uh, you know, the way I'd like and, you know, the way that this, I think, will look, it's a lot like, you know, some of the old KU teams used to look with Todd Reesing where, yeah, the offensive line wasn't great and the quarterback was running for his life a lot, but he was so good at it that he was able to still make plays. Uh, that, I think, is... You know, an apt description of the way Deshaun Watson's going to have to play uh, for the Texans to really, you know, have a chance to move the ball against this Chiefs defense. Yeah, maybe I'm naive, but um, look, <laughs> the game we played in early October, we had so many guys out. We had our left tackle Eric Fisher out. We had our left guard out. Um, Chris Jones in play. Hitchens in play. Watkins was out. Tyreek Hill was playing 50% of the snaps because he that was his first game back since the, the first drive of the season. And uh, you brought it up, Fars. The one of the turning points of that game was because we were in we were in uh, on their side of the field. We were about to score. Patrick Mahomes saw the flag. He threw the ball for the end zone. He got picked off. That play should have never been reviewed. Why? Because. When they threw the flag, the ball wasn't out of his hands. That was at if they were going to call something, that's defensive holding. It wasn't pass interference. They called pass interference. Um, then they reviewed it and reversed it, but it should have never been called to begin with. So, I, um, if I, I hate playing the refs. correctly, I don't think they ever reviewed it. I just think they had a meeting and said, "Nope, we're, we're, yeah, we're, not, right. we're not calling this." Yeah, right. But yeah, but Mahomes had chucked it, thinking he got a free play out of the deal. So. Yeah, he took a risk that he normally wouldn't take, and I mean that's that's a throw he doesn't normally make. We've all seen enough of him. That uh, yeah, I agree. That was a major turning point in that game. Yeah, it it changed the whole game, and you know, if you've watched Texans games, you can get pressure. They have a good offensive line. It's better at running uh, or run blocking than it is at pass blocking. You can sack Watson, and with a healthy Frank Clark. Healthy Chris Jones um, with Pinnell there now. You've got uh, other guys. Uh, T Sizzle. T Sizzle, yeah, got that too. So I'm 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 really not worried about. I think we actually will cover this game. Um, could be wrong, but I, I I think we're gonna we're in a good position to win this game and uh, do some damage. Um, yeah, I, even even you know a lot of people were worried about Will Fuller being back. He's also limited. I mean, he didn't play last week. He's got a groin issue. So the Travis Kelsey thing, I think that's at thirty years of age, he's had a torn ACL in the past. He had a, a scope in the off season, I think. So I think it's low management. Obviously, he has problems with his knees. I'm worried about it for the future. I'm not worried about it for this game. He's playing. He's playing Sunday. 
Uh, here's what I'll say about the Texans offense, or specifically the Chiefs defense. If there are two things that I'm still wanting to see, you know, I, I guess questions that I still have with this Chiefs defense. Number one is the rush defense. I mentioned this before, uh, near the end of the regular season. They the the rush defense hasn't been tested a whole lot yet. Um, I thought the Oakland Raiders actually did a great job of running the football against the Chiefs, uh, but it wasn't really helping because they had to abandon the run because they were getting blown out in that football game. Uh, the other thing I'm kind of curious. Uh, I, I want to see how Charvarius Ward and Bashad Breland are going to do. Those two have really improved as the season has gone along. Now, it is worth noting, you did play some quarterbacks that weren't doing too well during this winning streak. Now, again, I'm not saying, you know, don't give them credit. You you never apologize for winning. It doesn't matter who you're playing. Good teams, bad teams, teams that are injured and banged up. You, when you have a chance to win, you, you go out there and you take advantage of that. You win. Um, but I, I'm curious to see... How Charvarius Ward and Bashad Breland do against Deshaun Watson, especially if Will Fuller's back. I think that battle right there is going to be a lot of fun to watch. Will Fuller and DeAndre Hopkins versus Bashad Breland and Charvarius Ward. So I'm, I'm curious to see uh, who's going to win that battle. That, those are my two big question marks when you look at the Texans offense versus the Chiefs defense. Uh, speaking of think, defense, looking, no, go ahead, Zach. I, I think the one arguably even more important key there, other than the cornerback play, uh, is going to be, you know, you've got both Kenny Stills and uh, Will Fuller, both of whom are pretty solid deep threats. I mean, that's really Fuller's main trick. Stills can do it, but he can do a lot of other things as well. But I think the real thing that'll be interesting to watch is how do the Chiefs adapt to not having Juan Thornhill yes. back there playing yes. center field? Yeah. Uh, I mean, Armani Watts, you know, showed pretty well in flashes before he got hurt last year. And has shown pretty well in you know, supportive flashes this year, uh, but it'll be interesting to see how he does uh, with the, you know, I mean, ostensibly a full game uh, to go to work against what's a pretty solid, you know, group of uh, pass catchers here. So it'll be interesting to see if uh, you know having or m- missing Thornhill over the top will uh, be a, be a challenge for the Chiefs' defense here. Looking at Houston's defense, uh, coordinated by former Chiefs defensive coordinator and head coach Romeo Crennel, uh, not a really good defense, kind of an uncharacteristic uh, defense uh, with Romeo Crennel in charge. 19th in points per game, and they're in the low 20s against uh, uh, against the pass, against the run, and in total defense overall, 28th in that category. Uh, you look at some of the players they've got, they've still got some good pieces in there, just not playing well cohesively. you got inside linebacker Zach Cunningham, who's tied sixth in the NFL with 159 tackles, a pair of sacks, a pair of fumble recoveries, had one tackle for a loss last week. Uh, you, you've also got Benedrick McKinney, who also has 100 tackles on the year. Uh, another inside linebacker for the Houston Texans uh, also has a couple of fumble recoveries this year. Whitney Mercillus, one of the good outside linebackers out there, seven and a half sacks, four forced fumbles this season, also has a pair of picks this year. You have DJ Reader, a defensive lineman who only has two and a half sacks, but uh, he's got a very high rating on Pro Football Focus, and I know some people have their opinions on those grades, but he does a really good job of, of giving offensive linemen a hard time. Uh, he really does. And with J.J. Watt back, he had four sacks in the eight games he played this year in the regular season and in his return last week 
in the playoffs. He had one sack uh, in his return, and that was one that really helped pump the helped pump them up. You mentioned the turning point being the uh, Deshaun Watson play right there, and that certainly was. I don't disagree with you, Zach. But J.J. Watt getting in there, getting that sack, kind of like that inspirational moment where, you know, this guy's been out for half the season and he comes in, makes a big play as they're trying to rally back. So that definitely was a big boost for Houston. You look at the secondary, got some interesting players as well there. Tashawn Gibson leads the team with three picks on the year, 105 yards and a touchdown. He was placed on IR at the end of the year. So who has been filling in for him? You got Jaleel Adai, I believe say say it. He's been filling in that void. He has two picks on the year. And you got Justin Reed, who has a couple of picks as well. He's a pretty good cover safety. And I'm interested to see how he handles Kansas City's high-powered offense, uh, which, which we'll get into in a moment. And you've also got some notable... Uh, cornerbacks here, or at least cornerbacks we're familiar with. Uh, Gary and Conley, a former Raider. Bradley Roby, a former Bronco. Jonathan Joseph, uh, a very experienced cornerback, was out with a hamstring injury. Uh, Roby and Conley each had seven tackles last week for the Texans defense. So, not really good as a unit. They've got a couple of good pieces here and there. Kind of wondering if J.J. Watt can really turn this defense around and Look pretty good against Buffalo, and now you've got a bigger task going on the road in Kansas City. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see, uh, you know, how how the uh, combo of Watt, Merciless, and I guess to a lesser extent DJ, DJ Reader as well. Uh, you know, if there's one thing that concerns me about this Chiefs offense, it is the offensive line, particularly the interior. And honestly, that's part of the reason that I'm really glad we're not having to play the Bills because they have a nasty defensive front. The uh, Texans' defensive front doesn't scare me quite as bad, but you also have J.J. Watt, who is, when healthy, arguably, you know, the most disruptive force, uh, you know, coming off coming off the edge of the, you know, in or certainly one of them in the National Football League. You know, I think he's up there with Khalil Mack and I guess Aaron Donald too. Uh, the only issue with Watt is he doesn't stay healthy nearly as well. Um, and I think that you know they've got an underrated set of corners as well. Uh, Bradley Roby. Uh, you know, looked. You know, he he was pretty good in Denver. Uh, was you know looked especially good as he was coming out of college as a prospect. Was a kind of a great steal that the Broncos got there. I mean, I guess it's hard to call a first rounder a steal, but when you're adding it to a keep to leave in Chris Harris, you know that yeah, made for a pretty nasty secondary. Um, and then Gary and Conley, uh, another former Buckeye. Um, you know, he he's got some pretty impressive ball skills, uh, and I think that. You know, he didn't have a chance to show it out in Oakland when he was first drafted. He got hurt. Um, and so, really, both of those two are having a chance to kind of build up their careers down there in Houston. So, you know, there are no slouches. I think that, you know, there's definitely some things that the Chiefs offense can take advantage of. Um, and, candidly, none of those defensive backs that we've mentioned so far can keep up with Tyreek Hill. So, that's kind of the ultimate cheat code there. Uh, but... You know, they're definitely going to get after Mahomes, and you know, they're going to have to. Uh, the Chiefs are going to have to do uh, whatever it is they can to be able to keep him clean, and uh, you know, hopefully take some big shots down the field. True, and you know, looking back at that game in early October against the Texans, uh, that might have been the worst uh, shape that Patrick Mahomes was in injury-wise, um, because he he re-injured his ankle. Um, I'm not sure if it was because Cam Irving, although I'll assume it, <laughs> rightly or wrongly, that he missed a block or something. But Patrick Mahomes the last few weeks has been relatively healthy. 
He's had a week off, so I think he's going to be the best he's been since uh, probably the beginning of the season as far as uh, health-wise. Um, you know, also, here, I'll die on this hill. When you get to the playoffs, two things that make a huge difference, and if you look at the past games, no matter what uh, era you're looking at, it's time of possession, and it's are you able to effectively run the ball, and are you able to stop the run? Um, you know, when we played them last time and when we played the Colts the week before, we couldn't stop the run, and they ran all over us. We couldn't run the ball, um, and they killed us the time of possession. So that's going to be something I'm going to be looking out for. We ran the ball well the last game. You know, Damian Williams had that big run. Um I think he ran for a buck, a buck twenty-five. So, if Damian Williams could be like the you know the Reggie Jackson of uh, <laughs> the NFL playoffs, that'd be great. If he can be Mister January, I'm all for it. Uh, we need that. We need to be able to run the ball because if we can't run the ball, that that front four of the Texans will get to us and it can make things difficult. So I'm I'm. I'm optimistic that we will be able to run the ball effectively, uh, control time of possession, and win this football game. Real quick look at the special teams for the Texans. Uh, Kai Fairburn, 20 of 25, missed five extra points this season. He was 2 of 2 last week, including the game winner in overtime. Uh, Brian Anger, uh, he's top 10 in average and net average punting. And then you've got DeAndre Carter, 22, averages 22 yards per kick return, 9.7 yards per punt return, which is the third best in the NFL. Uh, okay, a couple quick things from me. Uh, a lot of people are mentioning, you kind of just alluded to this, DJ, and I've gotten a lot of heat for this on Twitter uh, and on Facebook for, um, for this opinion. Look, I know the Chiefs had a lot of players that were absent in that game, and I know Mahomes was dealing with that ankle. To me, that's not the reason why the Chiefs lost. The Chiefs were the the Chiefs scored seventeen unanswered points in that football game in the first quarter, mind you, and then they didn't score. Uh, they they only had one touchdown the rest of the way. They scored seventeen in the first quarter, then they allowed twenty in the second quarter, um, and they really just had a hard time with the Texans the rest of the way, uh, especially in the end there when. Houston, they, Andy Reid punted the football back with five minutes to go, and on a fourth down play, the Texans said, screw it, we're not punting the football back to Mahomes, we're going to end it right now, and you saw the Texans get that first down to finish off the Chiefs. The other thing I'll say is this, I mentioned the 17 points in the first quarter, we need that high-scoring Chiefs offense back. Remember that Chiefs offense in week one, where Sammy Watkins had three touchdowns, the only three touchdowns? He had all, all year, albeit he had a two-point conversion catch in the end zone in another game, but uh, he had that three-touchdown, 190-some-yard game in Week 1. In Week 2, Demarcus Robinson had 172 yards, and the Chiefs scored 28 in the second quarter. In Week 3, in the second quarter against the Ravens, the Chiefs put up 23 points in the second quarter. We haven't seen that high-powered Chiefs offense. And again, those are a couple of games. Well, really, all three of them, essentially, were without Tyree Kill. Tyree Kill went out fairly early in that uh, Jaguars game. So, you know, 
even with some of the injuries you've dealt with and some of the players that were inactive at the time, and this Chiefs defense has come a long way, but offensively speaking, uh, and I mentioned the defense because they've really come through lately in, in, during this winning streak, but man, you got to bring back that high-powered offense. You have to. This high-powered offense is why you did so great last year, and really you got off to a great start because of them, and that Chiefs offense needs to come back this Sunday. They really need to come back in order to give this Chiefs team a chance to win. The last thing I'll say is this. I know this is going to sound hypocritical given what I just said, but um, I I still stand by it all. Uh, This game is simply going to be won and lost with Andy Reid. Amazing regular season coach, not a great postseason coach. Uh, We've seen him do a lot of great things in the past, but sometimes... In his career, he just disappears in January. Why? I, it's hard to say. I don't know if he gets nervous or if there's a lot of pressure on him during this time of year, but uh, he just seems to find a way to disappoint his fan bases, whether it's Philadelphia or Kansas City. So that is one big thing I'm really nervous about when it comes to this football game is how which Andy Reid are we going to get? Those are my three things. Uh uh, going into this game. I know I threw a lot right there. I don't know if you guys wanted to respond to all of that or one of that. Uh, but the biggest one for me, you know, look, I don't care how great your team is. I don't care how great the other team is. I think Andy Reid, at the end of the day, is the key X factor in not just this game, but in other playoff games if you can extend your season. Yeah, I think that it'll be interesting to see if, uh, you know, given some of the kind of uncharacteristic struggles that we've seen from the Chiefs offense this year, I don't know if struggles is entirely the right word, but they certainly weren't, you know, at the same historic pace uh, that they hit last year. They were still like I think like third best in the NFL or something like yeah. that. So still nothing to sneeze at by any stretch. But uh, you know, compared to what we've known, it, it seemed a little bit less explosive. And so part of me wonders if they're, you know, if they've been kind of holding back a little bit, yes. saving some for the playoffs. Which, if that's the case, I'm absolutely here for it. Smart. Um, but I think the other part is. Uh, it, it comes down to, you know, do we get Andy Reid with a lead? And if so, does he actually, you know, keep his foot on the opponent's neck or does he let off and uh, give them a chance to come back? That's going to be, uh, I mean, as we saw this past weekend, this is a Texans team that, you know, you, you may think you have them buried, but then they'll come roaring back. And then next thing you know, you're home, you know, home for the off season. So, uh, I think that you know it's gonna the onus is gonna be on Andy uh, to you know not not hold back even when we've got a lead. No, you're right because they came back against the Bills this week and they also did it against the Chiefs earlier this year. Uh, is there anything you wanted to add, DJ, before we officially give our predictions? Yeah, just that you know, yes, they did come back against Buffalo. They were down 16 points, but you know, we would I think all agree that Buffalo has a pedestrian offense. Um, ultimately, I do think it, it's a big factor that we had all those injuries. Um, I also do think that um, Andy Reid has been holding back. I mean, there's no, there's no rhyme or reason to the fact that um, we ran all these jet sweeps with Tyreek Hill last year. They're not really doing with McCall Hardman either or Tyreek Hill this year. I think maybe he's kind of fo- following the the Bill Belichick uh, way of, hey, I'll show you something, but I'm going to show you everything until the playoffs. So that's my hope. I could be wrong. I'm trying to be optimistic. Um, but I think 
I think we will actually beat them. Um, I'm not going to say it's going to be a blowout, but I think it's going to be it, it'll be it'll be emphasized that <laughs> we were able to beat them pretty handily. Okay, so let's get into it right now. Zach, I'll start with you. What is your prediction for this game? I'm going to say Chiefs 31-24. You know, it's enough to get the job done and on to the next round, but I don't think we cover. What do you say, DJ? 34-20. You know, I think we get up early on them. Um, Maybe, you know, 20 to nothing. And, you know, they'll they'll get a touchdown. Uh, Maybe they'll get some freak play like last year against the Colts where there's a black punt for a touchdown, and then the crowd looks and they're like, "Uh uh-oh. And it deflates us, but... Ultimately, I think we'll, we'll actually win that game pretty easily. I'm going 28-27. Mm. Uh, I I think uh, I think the Chiefs will get off to a big lead, and I think Houston's going to rally back like they have a couple of times this year. Uh, I mentioned Bill O'Brien wanting to go for it on fourth down to basically seal the game. I can see the Texans scoring a touchdown and going for two to try to steal that arrowhead. And avoid overtime. I, I can see that happening, and I'm just hoping Tyron Matthew comes away with a big play there. Uh, I know we haven't said his name yet. And by the way, I tweeted this video. Uh, I guess it's from the Amazon Prime exclusive show, All or Nothing, where he's trying to fire up his then Arizona Cardinals teammates ahead of an NFC title game. Uh, I know they lost that game, but pretty cool video. Check that out. A lot of uh, a lot of people love that. Uh, even Sammy Watkins retweeted that, which was pretty cool. Um, check it out. It's pretty cool to see. You know, you know, he's definitely done that same thing with his current teammates right now. But uh, I, I think this this is gonna be you know a, a Chiefs team that might you know have a great first half, and you're gonna see the Texans crawl back in the second half. Uh, but I, I I'm hoping the Chiefs hold off on this one. I'm look. I'll be honest, man. I'm extremely nervous, but. I'll give the Chiefs the win on this one. Uh, There are three other divisional round games. Let's go through these real quickly. Saturday, the first playoff game, Vikings at the 49ers. Uh, The 49ers, six-and-a-half point favorites. They've been the more interesting team all year long with Jimmy Garoppolo now that he's played uh, all year, coming back from that injury that actually happened against the Chiefs uh, and and that amazing defense the 49ers have. But I really like the Vikings in this one. I, I think, you know, Dalvin Cook does a lot of great things. Uh, Stephon uh, Diggs, uh, I think he's a really good football player. Uh, Kirk Cousins, if he can be consistent, this Vikings team can uh, can pull away, and I think they can uh, pull off the upset here. I'm going Vikings in this one. What do you guys say? I've got the 49ers simply because I think that defense is too good. And while Kirk Cousins looked really good against the Saints last week, I think that the 49ers just have you know too much on the defensive side of the ball for Cousins to really overcome it. And so I think the Niners are going to take this one. Yeah, I agree. I mean, that was Kirk Cousins' first playoff win, right? I believe so, I believe yeah. So. Yeah, so <clears throat> be kind of hard to expect him to win two on the road. Um, I don't think it's going to be a blowout. Um, I don't think the 49ers are that good. So I'm thinking 21-17 to 17, 49ers. So it'll be somewhat of a close game, but ultimately the Niners win that one. This is going to be a very interesting one, too. Uh, I think the Vikings and Titans are very similar in the fact that they've got running backs that they can use to really change the direction of a football game. You've got the Titans visiting the Ravens on this one. The Ravens are 10-point favorites. Uh, 
look, I know the Patriots. I mean, they, last week the Titans were the popular upset special. Uh, obviously, it doesn't seem like the case this week. The Ravens heavily favored in this one. I think this is going to be a lot closer than a lot of people think. In fact, I think it's going to be the best game of the weekend. I think it's going to be a back-and-forth battle. I think Derrick Henry is going to make it interesting. Ryan Tannehill only had, what, 70-some yards against the Patriots, and the Titans still won, which, you know, when you have Derrick Henry, it's easy. But uh, I think it's going to be more well, interesting. When you're going up against a Patriots offense that forgot how to score. Yeah, that, that, that is true. At the one-yard line, yes. Uh, just like how against the Chiefs uh, when they were at the three and – complaining about that penalty but oh well uh in any event uh the titans i think they're gonna make it close but i think the ravens are going to edge the titans in this one yeah as much as i'd like to see the titans uh you know manage to beat the ravens and then come into arrowhead for the afc title game in a nice uh, you know dose of sweet revenge i i don't think it's gonna happen i think that they're gonna you know certainly cover but i don't think that uh you know they have enough to win it outright I agree. I mean, it's, historically, it's going to be the 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 first two quarterbacks that are the second best running backs on their team facing each other. Uh, I love getting stuff on that on Twitter, <laughs> but uh, <clears throat> I'm going to say thirty to twenty eight uh, Ravens. I think it's going to be a close game. Um, you know, the Titans have a they have a good enough defense to to stop them, and they have a really good running game. Here's the thing to watch out for. The wild card is Mark Ingram. He was uh, limited, and uh, he's got an issue. So, you know, big difference between last year and this year with Lamar Jackson is who's running that football. So if Ingram can't go or he's limited, could make that game really, really interesting. After the Chiefs play on Sunday, the Seahawks will visit the Packers. That'll be a, a game on Fox and the Packers are four-point favorites in this one. Uh, man, you know, I want to pick the Packers, but I think the Seahawks do have the tools to come away with an upset. And keep in mind, the Seahawks, if they were in another division, they probably would have had not a first-round bye, but at the very least might have been division winners. Uh, but they went on the road, uh, beating a good Eagles team, despite Carson Wentz going out. I can see the Seahawks continuing this train where they're winning road games, and I th I have them doing it again. I'm, I'm going to go with the upset on this one and say the Seahawks win. I I mean I hear where you're coming from on that. I think that both of these teams certainly have their flaws, but I think that ultimately you know Aaron Rodgers versus Russell Wilson, I, I will still take Aaron Rodgers in this one, especially since you know he's got I, I think he's just got better weapons around him. You know I think that. If you look at the Seahawks, they're—I mean—they brought Beast Mode back, which don't get me wrong, that's all great. But they brought him out of retirement because they've gone through like what three or four running backs so far this year. And then flip side of that, in Green Bay, you've got Aaron Jones, who has proven to be one of the most dynamic running backs, both running and catching the football. Uh, so I think that the pet, the Packers will have enough to get this one done, especially with home field advantage. So these games between the Packers and Seahawks really always come down to like the last play, right? There was a, a Hail Mary, uh, I think it was a Monday Night Football game one time. Um, there was the onside kick, I think. Um, so it's going to be a close game. Uh, I have no doubt about that. I'm going to go Seahawks. I think they're, you know, the Packers have, you know, obviously they, they earned the bye. Uh, but they've also shown uh, a lot of deficiencies and susceptibility and I, 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 
you know, Russell Wilson is, in my opinion, a top three quarterback in this this league. I think they're gonna they're gonna pull it out. Um, they that they, they I I just I don't have enough trust in Aaron Rodgers at this point. I think he's he's not the same guy he was five years ago, like he or even three years ago. He's the injuries have taken their toll, and he's just a different quarterback. He's just not the same guy. Man, do you remember that dime he dropped to Jones in the back corner of the end zone against us? I kind of feel like that yeah. was a throwaway <laughs> that Aaron Jones made an incredible catch. I, everyone thought that was a throwaway. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the, look, last week was a, a we had four really good games, and I'm curious to see how these four games all pan out uh, for the divisional round. And then, of course, that will lead to championship Sunday. The following week, hopefully the Chiefs are a part of that. Uh, real quickly, before we get to your text, and then I, as I mentioned, I wanted to say something about the podcast. Uh, I pissed off a bunch of Raiders fans on Sunday, so that was a lot of fun. Uh, my block <laughs> button got a big workout. You guys uh, know I'm a big fan of blocking people. Uh, and not only that, people get pissed off when I block them, which is even better and more hilarious. Uh, Raiders fans got the end of it. Uh, I Look, you guys know me, okay? I'll block someone and they get angry about it. And I'm like, I'm not even trying to piss you off, but you're you're pissed off anyway. Uh, sometimes I'll just write like a lighthearted joke and people get worked up about it. So I wrote something on Twitter and on Facebook, but I guess only Twitter got the, uh, got the uh, bad end of it. I asked, when are the Raiders playing? <laughs> Which, <laughs> look, it's a joke. It's a joke. Um, and then, you know. But hey, man, uh, like, let's be real. They just lost their team. Like, you know, they they are now fans of a team that, one, abandoned them, assuming that this is actually an Oakland-based Raiders fan here. But, one, abandoned them. Two, will never, ever have a home field advantage ever again. Ever. Uh, no. Oh, God, no. In Vegas? God. I mean, look, I hate the Raiders, but as a fan of football, I am truly concerned what kind of a support system they'll have there because... You know, a lot of people are going to be going to Vegas to watch their football teams. They're going to travel and, and, and catch a game to end their weekend. So uh, that's a topic for another time, though. Um, I mean, so, remember how it looked with the Chargers uh, going against, I think it was the Steelers, where the Steelers effectively you know, had a home game in L.A.? I have oh, a feeling a lot of, that's going to be just about every game for the Raiders from here forward. I mean, that's been a lot of games for the Chargers. Uh, but, but in any event... So this guy on Twitter, Cody Raider, the tool who yeah. thinks Derek Carr can do no wrong, uh, I guess he quote tweeted me to share with all of fellow Raider Nation. He had a really unoriginal joke. Oh, why is a uh, medication prescription talking crap on the Raiders? Oh. That's a joke, buddy. <laughs> Learn to take one. Given that your team is a joke, I would like to think you know what a joke is. Uh, and then I guess all of Raider Nation went into Sensitive Nation. Uh, I thought Patriots fans were sensitive, but my God, uh, Raiders fans proved me wrong by a wide margin. Um, so, I, you know, you had a lot of Raiders fans bringing up the Tyree Kill thing, and when you let them know that Crystal Espinel lied, they resort to personal attacks. You know, that's common. No big deal. Uh, I had a couple of Raiders fans that tweeted some interesting thing. You know, one Raiders fan, you know, did the whole your mom thing. Uh, and when I told him that my mom can't, would not throw a pass away on fourth down, unlike Derek Carr, they got upset. He actually, he actually blocked me and then accused me of blocking him, which you, if someone tweets you before they block you, you can still see their tweets. So he tweeted me and I still saw it accusing me of blocking him and calling me a sissy. It's like, bro, you're the one that blocked me. I don't know what kind of tactic this is, but 
yeah, I'm gonna screenshot this and let everyone know you're the one that's trying to, you know, play victim here. The um, old block and switch. Yes, uh, that's how it works. Uh, and then uh, I had one fan that kept reminding me the Chiefs had not won in 50 years, a Super Bowl in 50 years. Dude, the Raiders haven't won in 34 years. I get the Raiders have a more recent Super Bowl than the Chiefs. That's like two kindergartners bragging about which uh, of their grandfathers outlived the other, okay? They're both old as hell. You know, bragging hey, that but you my had dad a- could beat up your dad far as really... Yeah, that, that, that's the kind of that, that, that's what it, what it turned into. It's like, look, we have acknowledged that it's been forever. Uh, you have not had a winning season in seventeen of the last sixteen, or excuse me, seventeen of the last eighteen years. And the one time you did, you hadn't, you didn't even have a quarterback going into the postseason. Uh, then I had a female fan, and I'll explain why the gender is relevant. She wrote a really weird tweet to me, and I just responded, "LOL, what?" And it just escalated from there. Uh, apparently, we have to know. She said KC fans don't get up much, quote, up there because it snows a lot. It's like, how am I supposed to know where you're from? And why are you saying up there like we're all the way north in Canada? Uh, nothing also wrong with that Oakland is further north than Kansas City. I'm actually well, well, pretty well, confident of that. Well, I guess she's further south of Kansas City. I don't know and I don't care. But uh, because I told her I didn't care, that upset her. And apparently... Because I told her I didn't care, I was, quote, degrading women. What? Uh, oh, okay, look. Uh, it's 2020, okay? Social media is brutal when you say something far out of line, okay? If that was really the case, if I say something that was out of line against a woman, guess what? Social media would let me know about it. Because that's the way social media works. This woman was playing victim, taking screenshots of all my tweets, not one single person came to her defense. This whole thing of, you know, degrading was just a figment of her own imagination. Then she went on to, like, how her husband would come to her defense. Okay, I mean, congratulations, you married someone softer than you. Uh, not my problem. <laughs> uh, in any event, uh, this is a very, very eventful weekend. By the way, another Raiders fan tweeted me and said, uh, I-, I told him the highlight of the Raiders season was uh, being on Hard Knocks. He goes... Um, he goes, Casey's not even relevant enough to be on Hard Knocks. Like, buddy, I got bad news for you. Casey was on Hard Knocks. And, and by the way, Hard Knocks only features the irrelevant Herb teams. Era. Uh, they only, they only feature just irrelevant teams. And by the way, I would not be bragging that I was on Hard Knocks because what do we even remember about Raiders Hard Knocks? That Antonio Brown was on there and got 99% of the coverage. I don't know if I'd brag about that. Uh, so in any event, I had a really fun weekend with Raiders fans. Uh, quite the entertainment. And if I could give one advice to Raiders fans, uh, you got to charge for that entertainment, man. Don't do it for free. Just don't do it for free. I mean, to be fair, I always just think it's fun to trigger other fan bases, period. Like, I do think it's really funny. And to be fair, like, yo, I'll, I'll just be honest with a lot of Chiefs fans here, too. I mean, there, there are certainly parts of Chiefs Kingdom that v- get very sensitive when someone suggests that Lamar Jackson, you know, oh, deserves the MVP more than Patrick Mahomes this year, which I think objectively, like, you know, guess what, guys? It's really okay. I promise. Lamar Jackson and Patrick Mahomes can both be good quarterbacks. It's okay. Like, Jackson's having the better year this year. That's just a fact. Uh, and he'll win the MVP. I'm pretty confident of that. Does that mean he's a better quarterback than Mahomes? I don't personally think so. Um, you know, we could have a nice debate about that, and that's all well and good. But, you know, let's be real. Jackson's better with his feet. Mahomes is better with his arm. 
Historically, one of those has more longevity than the other, but Jackson's a different breed. I, I just think it's funny how triggered you know, different fan bases get, well, and especially on Twitter. Like, I don't know oh, where I agree. you find some of these people, but man, is it you know funny to watch them come out of the woodwork. Yeah, well, people say... Bro- oh, go ahead, DJ. I'm sorry. In the last two or three weeks, I've been blocked by more Ravens fans um, than I've been blocked by any other fan base together. Um, in fact, today I got blocked twice by the same guy. <laughs> he blocked oh, me. Oh yeah. You, then he I unblocked remember. me, and then I <laughs> like once I got done like doing work, which this guy obviously wasn't doing. Um, I went back on. And I saw that he blocked me again. So yeah, they're they're very easily triggered. It's kind of fun. That's what that's what Twitter's about, though. I mean, people look at Twitter like it's you know some kind of safe space, like. You know, Facebooky kind of place. <laughs> no, it's not it's, at all. You, if you're going on Twitter, I've realized and I haven't even been on there that long. I've been on there like a year and a half. You've got to bring your A game, and if if you're not able to handle like any type of argument or discussion, this is not the place for you. Twitter is not the place to be on. Well, here's my thing. It's like with Raiders fans, and, and I know you know they're going to light me up uh, when the Chiefs, uh, if the Chiefs don't win a Super Bowl, which you never know with Andy Reid. Uh, but in all seriousness, I, I, I know, I mean, they're going to, they, they've got me saved in their bookmarks because, you know, I, I, I'm in their heads. That's how it works. By the way, a lot of people go, uh, bro, hey, rent free, right? Uh, yeah, exactly. A lot of people go, uh, bro, why do you block people on Twitter? This is why, Okay. When you have the dumbassery on social media that come after you and think that they want to get into some social media war exchange with you, dude, that's why I block people, okay? Because there are a bunch of idiots out there. Uh, I get a lot of people who are like, oh, I block a-holes. Congratulations, I block idiots. (laughs) That's why, because all those Raiders fans... You mean like the guy who thought you were Mexican? Oh, okay, yeah, that, that was... Yeah, I remember that over the weekend. So this guy... Uh, I don't. It was yeah. We were having a conversation about Alex Smith, and he goes, um, "You're what Trump is describing when he says Mexico does not bring their uh, bring their best. Go back to Mexico or something." I'm like, "Bro, what part of Farzine Vesugian screams Mexican? Like, you have to be the biggest idiot in the world if you think that is a Hispanic name." I've come yes. across a lot fair, of people who know it's some not. of these people like yo know, straight up ignorance like yo it, it, all, all, all foreign names sound the same to some I guess it's just funny to watch how and, and you know what you to know, your point the social media world works to your point Zach that's why I block idiots that's why people people complain they're like why do you block so many people it's like first off I don't have that many people blocked believe it or not I just block the idiots on there that's all it is I also have a lot of former colleagues blocked because of. Um, uh, because of plagiarism. Uh, when I broke the UFC news, uh, coming to Kansas City, oh boy, there were a lot of people who took my uh, my words and my story and made it their own, claiming it as their own. I was not too happy about that. Um, so yeah, I don't have that many people blocked. Just idiots and uh, people who plagiarize. That's all. Uh, in any event, so basically ninety nine point nine percent of Twitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Close enough. <laughs> uh, let's read a few text messages, and then I'll, I mentioned there was something I was going to say about the podcast. Uh, out of the uh, 702, Dexter from Vegas, we must exploit Houston's secondary. Dexter. Passing is what we do best. Uh, defending the pass is their weakness. No time to get cute. Our pass sets up the run and keeps them off balance for a 10-point win. 
Uh, okay, uh, he makes some valid points there. You know, I, I think he, he says defending their pass is their weakness, and I mentioned earlier, look, this is a good time to bring that high-scoring offense that we saw in the second quarter of a couple of games this year. Let's bring that back right now because this is the perfect time for that. Yeah, I mean, we we need that, and shout-out to him because uh, D stands for Dicer in my name, so the two Dicers, so I'm... I'm uh... <laughs> I kind of like that, but yeah, I mean, we, I, I expect a totally different offense this Sunday than we've seen in several weeks. Obviously there's a concern because yeah, we've won six games in a row, um, but we haven't exactly played the best offenses or best teams um, either. But I, again, I'm optimistic that we're any reads holding back and going to show something that people or teams have not seen uh, during the regular season. Zach, did you have anything you wanted to add to that? No, I think, honestly, that, that kind of put a bow on it. Like, yeah, I, yeah, well said. Let's go to the 417 Jack in Springfield, Missouri. If you look at all the guys that were out that game, he's referring to the Week 6 game, you might understand why we lost. The defense was definitely key in losing that game. Also, Patrick Mahomes was not at full health, and it was Tyreek Hill's first game back since the Week 1 injury. I will tell you, it will be a much different story and a different outcome this time. You know, look, we've kind of gone over this, and I know a lot of people disagree with me. You know, when you're up 17-3 to at home, you shouldn't lose a football game like that. Uh, I think Andy Reid's nope. conservative play calling had a big reason to do with that loss. Um, as far as Tyreek Hill, you, we mentioned he was on a limited snap count, but still had two touchdown catches in that football game. I do agree it's going to be a di- much different outcome, though. Um, I think some things from that game might be a little bit relevant that you'll definitely study on game film. Both teams are going to be doing. Uh, and, of course, there are other things you got to look out for uh, in this football game. Did we have Mike Pinnell when we played them the first time? No. I don't think so, no. Nope. Because, yeah, I mean, I know that, ah, that's a name that I had happily forgotten. Yes, <laughs> <laughs> with good reason. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, though I think that ultimately, you know, while it's not entirely you know attributable to Pinnell, um, it certainly coincided. Uh, the run defense, particularly the interior of the defensive line, has really stepped up in a big way, and uh, I think that you. Know, that's the biggest fundamental difference between uh, the last time we played the Texans and this time. Uh, plain and simple. I mean, obviously the injuries are certainly a factor too, but I think the biggest reason that I've got confidence in the Chiefs this weekend is the fact that the rush defense, specifically within the interior of the offensive line, or defensive line, sorry, uh, has really stepped their game up in a big way. And uh, while by no means are they perfect, I think that they'll certainly be enough to take care of business here on Sunday. True, and don't forget, like, Frank Clark, uh, back in that game, that was before we actually heard about his, um, you know, pinched nerve, herniated disc, whatever it was. Um, So, you know, having him somewhat healthy, obviously he lost a lot of weight from the illness, but he seems to be back to semi-normal. Having Chris Jones, who didn't play in that game, and then Pinnell, uh, our defensive line, even though we've lost some guys, you had Suggs on there. I, I, I like it. I mean, our, our defensive line is looking pretty good right now. Out of the 915, Lisa in El Paso, Texas, I feel our team can go all the way. I've been a fan since 89. 
I haven't seen the Chiefs so pumped and ready to go. We want this. We want to win. Houston doesn't have a chance at this. Now that the Patriots are out, it's all game for the Chiefs. We got this. Uh, you, you know, that's interesting. I know the Patriots haven't been good this year, but I guess the whole fear was, you know, can they pick it up at any time? And now that the Patriots are out, for the first time since, what, 2004, 2001, something like that? We are going to have... No, it's 2004 now that I think of it. We're going to have an AFC quarterback not named Peyton Manning, Tom Brady, or Joe Flacco, or Ben Roethlisberger that will go to the Super Bowl. So we are going to have that uniqueness where, I mean, someone different is going to represent the AFC this time. And I think that ultimately, you know, you can certainly make a case for this being... You know, you mentioned that, you know, the, the last... You know, call it, I mean, almost really basically 20 years, you know, involved one of, you know, Brady, Roethlisberger, Manning, with the exception of the one time Flacco did it. Um, I think you could make a strong case that we're ushering in a new era where, you know, those, it'll still be probably the same three guys, or sorry, it will similarly be three guys, but I think, you know, you could make a good case that it's Jackson, Mahomes, and Watson. No, yeah, I do agree with you. Yeah, that is the future. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, that's a crazy stat you brought up, but it's absolutely right. I mean, to to imagine those four guys are the one, you know, Flacco for one year, but, you know, uh, all the other years with Roethlisberger, Brady, and Manning, um, you know, it's going to be Ma- it's going to be Mahomes, it's going to be Jackson, um, it's going to be... Uh, Tannehill. No, I'm just joking. <laughs> Wouldn't that be funny though if Tannehill was the one That'd that came the out of the NFC this version. year? He'd be like the Robert Horry of the NFL. I mean, imagine that we're all fighting over who's going to make it to the Super Bowl, and Ryan Tannehill actually goes. <laughs> now that you said that, I it's going to happen, and we will come back and we will blame you for it. Like I will get, we will, I will get killed for that. I will everyone, show up to that. Chicago uh, with your pitchforks, and we'll. I'll lead the. I'll lead the charge, and we're going to be at DJ's front door. We'll we'll make that happen. <laughs> Um, last text, 626, as long as, quote, new Andy Reid doesn't turn into the, quote, old Andy Reid, and with the way the defense is playing, the Chiefs will win 38-28. to You guys know my thoughts on Andy Reid. That's uh, Daniel from Florida, by the way. I don't know if I said that. Um, yeah, I'm not going to disagree with that one bit. <laughs> yeah, I mean, conservative Andy Reid, you know, that's... I mean, it's certainly nice to know that one of the biggest threats to the team is one that is, in theory, in our control. So that's kind of nice. But at the same time, you know, we haven't shown any, uh, you know, we, we haven't seen any pattern of Andy Reid not doing conservative Andy Reid things whenever we get a lead. So, I mean, hopefully we either learn from that or I'm down for some come from behind victories. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm excited for Sunday. I have no idea what I'm going to see. I expect it to be like a semi-blowout. I could be wrong. I've been at both of those playoff games over the past couple of years. I was at the, the one last year against the Colts where it was essentially a blowout. A little nervous when they blocked the punt and got the touchdown. But ultimately, it was you know pretty well-sealed and never in doubt. I was also at the Titans game, which was... Top five worst moment of my life. <laughs> Some might say that you've lived a really good life. That's fair. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I 
I don't know what I'm going to see on Sunday. I, 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 I just hope it's what I expect to see, which is a relatively easy cheese victory. We'll see how that all pans out. If you guys want to send in a text now, we're I appreciate everyone who sent in a text for this episode. Real quickly, before we sign off, um, and Zach, DJ, you guys can chime in on this uh, before we sign off here. Um, so a lot of you guys know, obviously, we changed a lot on this podcast. We went from twice a week to once a week. I stopped doing the Facebook Live videos. Um, there have been a lot of things going on in my life. And to be clear, not bad things. I've just been extremely busy. Uh, I mean, there have been some negative things that have happened this year, uh, or this past year, 2019, I should say. Um, it was kind of a rough year, uh, just very busy. Uh, I actually left one of my jobs uh, with the Royals working in media production. Some of you guys know I, I was working as the DJ for the Royals. Uh, I was one of the DJs, uh, and I also did the video board and all. Uh, it was like a side gig seasonal job, which was good extra money to make. Uh, at nights, um, I mean, I left that job uh, earlier this year. I've been a lot busier with work, uh, traveling a lot more. You guys, of course, hosted uh, the uh, Monday Night Football uh, Mexico recap, uh, that game. Uh, and I, I've got to be honest, man, not podcasting for a couple of weeks when that happened, that felt pretty good. Uh, it really did. Um, I've been doing this podcast for 11 seasons. I started in 2007. I was 16 years old. A couple of you guys might still be listening since then. Some of you guys were. Um, this was the first Chiefs podcast to hit the net. And there were two seasons I did not do the podcast. Uh, so I've done this for 11 of the last 13 years. And, man, it's been a fun ride. It really has. And this podcast has opened up a lot of doors. But this podcast is coming to an end. And I know there were a couple of times where I did stop doing the podcast. This one is for real. Uh, 2012 and 2014, I stepped away from the podcast thinking I was done forever. I brought it back, though, uh, and we'll get into that a little bit later. The last episode is going to be February the 17th. So, you know, I'd love to go out with the Chiefs Super Bowl bang. If not, hey, that's fine. Uh, this podcast helped me interview Chiefs players at the age of 16 uh, when I had a high-pitched voice and asked a lot of stupid questions to Chiefs players. <laughs> so, uh, in any event, though, um, you know, it has become really hard to keep up doing this podcast. It's an important podcast for me, but a lot of things have gotten away in life. Uh, this past year was kind of a tough year with my mom's health. Nothing serious, to be clear, but she had a couple of surgeries last year, and one of them uh, happened shortly before um, my grandfather passed away. So that was a really rough weekend on all of us. Uh, and while I'm, that's going on, I'm still doing this too. Uh, I'll still be writing for Arrowhead Addict as well as doing UFC articles for CagesidePress.com. But this podcast is coming to an end. I will be doing another podcast. Uh, I'll have more details on that next week. Uh, it's not going to be a sports podcast. I mean, we'll talk sports, we'll talk Chiefs, but it's not just going to be uh, one specific category. It's going to be a much different podcast. But still, uh, I'll still be doing some podcasting because that is a lot of fun to do. But uh, definitely not going to be doing it as often as this one, to be clear. So uh, this has been a, a, a really fun ride. Uh, it's coming to an end, though. I wish I would have had Zach and DJ. One of the things I've always wanted is to have co-hosts. And I've had a couple who have agreed, but then they couldn't do it because of timing purposes. But eventually I got Zach. He joined over the summer. DJ joined during the season. And it has been, uh, honestly, a much better podcast with you guys. And it's been a lot of fun. I'm not saying that just to say that. Uh, wish I had you guys... Uh, sooner to do this podcast but uh it has been a long ride it's been a fun ride but you know it's one of those things where 
t- a lot of other things have gotten in the way, and this needs to come to an end. So definitely going to uh, change that. Uh, but I appreciate all of you guys who have been a part of this uh, listening for a long time. And in any event, we're just going to go ahead and... Call it to an end at some point. At some point, you know, all good things must come to an end. I'll I'll say this because, you know, some of my favorite radio shows, they've ended. And I've been pretty upset over that. But you know what? Sometimes um, those things happen. You know, sometimes you have uh, sometimes you have uh, your favorite radio shows or maybe you have a favorite podcast that's come to an end. Well, this is going to be one of those things. Uh, I know we kind of had a little technical issue with uh, DJ and Zach on the phone. I believe we got, I've got them both back now. Uh, I'll just say that, um, you know, the very first Chiefs podcast I ever, well, the only one that I listened to uh, was yours back in uh, 2017. Uh, I remember the first one was actually after we beat the Broncos on Monday Night Football. That was with Alex Smith when uh, Terry Kill threw the interception. Terrible play by Andy Reid. Uh, remember, listen, it was Halloween too, so uh, I think it was the next day was Halloween. So remember listening to you. Great podcast. It's sad that it's coming to an end, but uh, you know, you know, life happens, and there's a lot of uh, important things that happen. And so uh, I appreciate the opportunity you gave me to, to talk Chiefs football on here and uh, with Zach, and it's been a fun uh, a ride since I've been on here. Yeah, no, I absolutely appreciate you guys coming on. It, it, it has been better, I think. The, the podcast has been better uh, with you guys, for sure. But uh, like I said, you know, a lot of other things I'm going to do. So I'll have a new podcast, uh, and I'll have the details for that hopefully next week. Bear with me on that. I'll definitely mention something about it before we sign up, for sure. But uh, it's one of those things where uh, all good things have got to come to an end, and this is one of them. Uh, I know a lot of you guys are going to miss this. I know a couple of you guys are glad to see this podcast end, and you know what? That's okay. You know, this isn't for everyone. When you're doing, you know, blogging, podcasting, whatever, you you know not everyone's going to love you uh, on this podcast, but that's okay. Uh, I love those losers uh, anyway because, let's be honest, someone's got someone's to love you guys. Uh, in any event, I do appreciate all of you guys for all the support over the years, uh, but we are going to conclude this podcast. Like I said, February the 17th, that is a Monday, that'll be the final episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast, the first Chiefs podcast to hit the internet, and I'm sure we'll have a couple of interesting stories to share about this podcast uh, that maybe I've never shared before uh, that maybe you guys would be interested in hearing. In any event, though, definitely appreciate you guys downloading and listening to this episode of the Chiefs Zone Podcast. Follow us on Twitter. Zach is at uh, Z Stegenga and DJ is at Chiefs Fan Shy. I'm at Farzine21, Facebook.com slash Farzine Like and follow me on Facebook. Subscribe to the podcast and text us. Only a couple, couple weeks left, a couple episodes left for this great podcast. So get your text in before we call it for a show. Uh, in any event, big game this weekend. Chiefs Texans. Let's see what happens this weekend. Hopefully the Chiefs pull it out and move on and return to the AFC Championship. Enjoy all the football action this weekend. We will talk to you guys same time next week. Take care.